Now, long ago on the show, we established that the sluttiest fruit in all the forest is, of course, the cranberry. Yeah. Because that cranberry will hook up with damn anything. Cran anything. pineapple. Yeah. Cran mm-hmm. cherry. Cran uh-huh. apple. That thing fucks around. No shame Absolutely. in that. No Absolutely. shame. Get it. I mean, get it. Yeah. Get it, cranberry. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you can see those those other fruits that it hooks up with. Love it. It's great all the For time. For sure. Yeah. They're like, let's I've, make this cocktail. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Right. Come on. <laughs> now, I think it's finally time we put to rest and i gotta see your opinion on this i'm not gonna reveal it because there's only one right answer for this oh, okay. you ready for this okay what is the dirtiest slut of a fast food chain oh. open your mind think about it because there's one right answer hmm. what do you think what's the sluttiest Ooh, fast gosh, food chain? I, hope, I hope i'm right here taco bell okay all right no all right. not slutty no. enough nope you want me to lay the answer on you okay let's hear it the only one true answer to this question. Okay. Fucking Cinnabon. Cinnabon is the oh, sluttiest okay. yeah, food yeah. franchise that no, there right. is. Yeah. Cinnabon hooks up with every restaurant, yep. dude. Yep. Anybody who wants cin- like to do like, I don't know, fried Cinnabon tortillas at Taco Bell. Boom. There yes. you go. Yeah, you exactly. get Cinnabon. And it's it's just like a, a mall establishment. It's not even like they have like a real like a sit set down, address. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I no, they just saying. they show up and they start flinging their cream around anywhere they are. <laughs> they don't care. It's cream. like, are you a, 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 a Pepsi fucking establishment? Don't oh. care. Are you a Coke establishment? Don't care. They don't like, they will shit. go anywhere. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Let us just drop our cream right here in your restaurant and see what happens. <laughs> No discrimination whatsoever. And again, get it because you know yeah, what? It's go always it. great. One hundred percent. You know what? Yeah, I, I like, I developed a really good cinnamon roll recipe, and it, it is mm. like based off of a cinnabon like copycat recipe. Oh my god! You're gonna need to send that my way, man. Yeah, I've been really it, craving some homemade cinnamon rolls oh, lately. They're so good. And I'll tell you what. It, it, listen, I, I've been baking out there, and I know there's this tendency to believe, like, I'm not going to go buy bread flour or whatever. Buy the flour for the thing. It's always going to be better. It's always going to be better. Mm. Like, if if the recipe calls for bread flour and says you can use all-purpose flour, get the bread flour. Use the bread flour. I am telling you, it will make a better product every time so it sounds like what you're saying is all-purpose flour more like needlessly self-important flour am i right <laughs> i'm good for everything I'm all, it's in my name all-purpose you can use yeah. me for anything <laughs> okay sluttiest flour all-purpose yeah, flour. all-purpose for sure <laughs> definitely the sluttiest one you're right man all these food mysteries we're solving here on the newest installment of dead and lovely the podcast with me uncle ben and me, Hollywood Steve. And on today's episode, we're giving you guys a taste of our opinions on frigate nigget. Is that right? <laughs> Fricht nicked, perhaps. Fricht nicked. Yeah, that's the German pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. Fricht nicked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the 2011 one, not the old Tommy one. If you want to hear right. our thoughts on the old Tommy one, you got to go yeah. way back into the Wayback uh-huh. Machine. That was uh, maybe the first No Vampire it that we ever did. It may have been, yeah, because. Yeah, this is uh, this uh, you know is a remake of a classic, 
mm-hmm. whether or not that classic is perfect, it, it, it's certainly not, but it's great and it's got amazing practical effects and a great cast, etc. So when you're going about making a, a, a remake, it's like, oh, I don't know. We're going to have to get into it because there's certainly a lot to love here. Yeah, so, I think so. And there's some yeah. things to not love. For sure. And, uh, <laughs> we're going to get to those as we break the movie down. If you want to get straight to the movie chat, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. You can go to there and get straight to yeah. the movie talk if you'd like. But I recommend getting those goddamn socks and shoes off your feet, <laughs> cracking open a co-beer, and hanging out with Chubb Boys. We're recording Absolutely. this a bit later than usual, and uh, a lot of stuff has been going on. And uh, I think it's been... I don't know. What about 10, 12 days since we recorded an episode? It's been yeah, a minute. Yeah, it's, it's been uh, quite a while and a lot's happened. Eventful time. Including yeah. a, a, a meetup that <laughs> we're finally getting around to talking about. Woo! Which, do you want to crack open a beer before you I tell do. me about it? I do, in How fact. How about we crack one in unison here? We've not had Let's a unison a, beer a unison in beer. quite a while. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are we counting down? Got? Oh, uh, yeah, let's do it. Three, okay. two, oh, I'm cracking. Oh. oh. Um, I have in my possession a Xenomorph. This is a, a tart barrel-aged ale with apricots. Oh. Um, it was brought to me by our guy, Jonas Nivara, a.k.a. Jonas Nirvana. Jonas Nirvana. That's right. Yeah. Oh, man. He smells like teen spirit. He sure does. <laughs> he sure does, yeah. This is from Brass Neck Brewing. Um, and I'm excited to try this because he, he, he brought a, a couple horror-themed beers for me to try. And Hell yeah. I, I, like me, I like me some apricots. I'm a fan. How about you? Okay, is it a horror beer in that when you open it, there's a jump scare and like a cat jumps out of it? <laughs> no, I think the situation's going to be I'm going to drink this and everything's going to feel fine. And later at the mess hall... I'm going to have some intestinal distress, and then out pops a little xenomorph. The old spot of bother, eh? (laughs) Yep. Spot of the old spot of bother, they call Mm. that. Uh Mm -hmm. Uninvited (laughs) tummy birth. Look out. Yeah. What you drinking on? So I've got myself a beer from Arcane Ale Works. This is their nothing to fuzz with. It is a sour ale with peaches and walnuts, which I thought just sounded oh, fun. That does sound fun. This is a, also a gift beer. This was gifted to me by our good buddy, the notorious RDM, Roger Dean Miller, who I just seen just the other day, and I'll tell you oh, about yeah. that in a minute. Great. And uh, I'm excited about this. Look at the, look at our friends buying us beers, dude. I can't wait until we're old enough to buy beer. I mean, anybody <laughs> listening to this, I'm yeah. sure, is like, these guys are maybe 17, 18 at the most. And yeah. You would yeah. be correct. We're not old enough to buy our beer, no, so we got to no. find friends to do it. Yeah, I can't wait to vote next year, though. <laughs> and enlist yeah <laughs> that's yeah those are the first two things i'm gonna do mine is cloudy and very bubbly it's got lots of little bubbles clinging to the side of my batman pint glass let's get a pool yeah this one here is uh is a nice like amber color but it's also like Ooh. only slightly effervescent i make i'm interested to try it here this is delicious man like it's got the The level of tartness of like biting into a slightly underripe peach, but Uh then the walnut 
it's like rather than just adding a nuttiness to it, it's almost adding this like caramelized sugar thing, like a grilled peach, like a really Ooh. good grilled peach, you know? Yeah, that Damn, sounds that awesome. that is fucking great. I love it. Now, this uh, also has that like unripe peach sort of flavor to it. Ooh. Um, it, it, it's got a good sourness to it. I see why you would call this xenomorph. It's kind of like pleasantly acidic. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was real good. Real tasty. Hell yeah. Tasty beers. We'll be able to buy them one of these days for sure. One day. One day. I, I do like to stand outside the gas station and just, you know, flag down a guy who looks recently divorced. Hey, hey, mm-hmm. mister. Could you buy us some beers? They'll usually hey, do it. Uh, Corey uh, Cunningham or whatever your <laughs> name was from Halloween Ends. <laughs> The thing I've is, got this heavy tuba case on my back from Band. Could you buy me a beer? Corey Cunningham, he always bought us beer. We never bullied him. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> mm. Mm. If he just would have bought him beer, you're saying none of Halloween ends would have happened. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm saying, yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> it's really probably all hinges on contributing to the delinquency of mine. Delinquent- <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So you had a a hosting of an Algonquin table of dead and lovely fans out That's there right. in Portland, Oregon. I was unable to attend, but I want to hear what you guys got into oh, man. at that thing. Just traipsing yeah. around all these beautiful fans of ours in yeah. Yankee Land, USA, Portland. What Yankee. the hell happened? Here in Yankee Land, yeah, we, we really got down to it. Um I don't want to try to name everybody who was here. <laughs> I don't think I could do it. But uh, a great group of people showed up, uh, including, all, of course... All the best people. All good people. Yeah. It's like that that bunch. Mm-hmm. That bunch, specifically. Uh, including, <laughs> of course, uh, our uh, pal, Corrigan Vaughn, uh, co-host of uh, Jack of All Graves. Um, and, boy, we had a great time. We uh, checked out Movie Madness, ate at some food carts across the street... Then we hit up Belmont Station, where our awesome guy, Stephen Byers, a.k.a. Scoots Magoots, uh, had gotten us a room downstairs, uh, a couple tables in a room downstairs, which was essentially private, because there was hardly anybody else down there. Um, and boy, we had a great time. He let us... Uh, he let us try this like ghost pepper beer that was so good. Say what? Yeah, yeah. Spooky, uh, haunted. Yeah, we had a great time there at Belmont Station. Then we headed over to Horse Brass Pub to get some food and more beer in us. Uh, and it was it was just a great time. Uh, everybody got pretty toasty. And then uh, next day, Saturday, boy, we had some fun in downtown Portland. We went to Ground Control to the. Uh, it's a very large uh, barcade. Here Ooh, in downtown nice. Portland. Yeah, boy, that was fun. What'd you we, play, man? What was the number one fucking well, I cabinet played, you mashed on? I played every Ninja Turtles cabinet they had. So Great choice. Yeah, Get those they had, Tortigas and Tiempo, man. It's a yeah, good choice. Yeah, absolutely. They had Turtles in Time, played that. They also had a new Turtles game that was similar to Turtles in Time, but like updated graphics and stuff. It was really fun. Nice. Uh, and then also they had a pinball machine, uh, a Ninja Turtles pinball machine that was just... Awesome. Had a great time. Turkling out, man. Just yeah. turkling. Uh, but also, um, uh, uh, Anna, Colin, Megan, and I almost beat the X Men arcade game. Ooh, that's a good one, man. It is. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. We, we had a blast there. Got a lot of, of delicious drinks. 
hit up a s'mores place nearby. I, a s'mores place? Wait, do they just do like s'mores of various yeah. types? Yeah, yeah. Fuck uh-huh. off. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name. It's like night. 1927 or something donuts or uh, s'mores what? i don't remember it, anyway uh i i'm not a big s'mores person but everybody who, who got one enjoyed it and they're then, the best yeah we also uh hit up shilling cider house which uh, is such a blast like I, I know you know going into a beer tap room is really fun but cider house it's like well how are these going to be different and then they all well, you got to know the rules they have rules is the difference yeah that's true you once you Okay, first rule Cider House. Don't talk about Cider House. Second if it's your first cider night house, in Cider House, you have to fight. Get an abortion. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. All right, so the fighting's the third rule then. Okay. I think so, I think so, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, we hit up Schilling Cider House, uh, had some delicious beers, or delicious ciders, um, and then uh, uh, whoever was left came back to my place and we sat and watched Jackass forever uh, and drank some more drinks. It was a fun time. Hella good times, yeah. man. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds pretty damn great. Yeah, yeah. Everybody had a blast. It was so fun and so many great drinks, so much good food. Horse Brass Pub, like, I mean, there's a million things to try in Portland, but definitely Horse Brass Pub is one of them. Uh, the great, great menu of food, like pub food, and a great menu of beers. So... Well, we're checking out. Now, I'm sure as host of the event, you were the one as the main competitor in the arm wrestling matches. So you arm wrestled yeah. everyone, right? Yeah, I did. Uh-huh. Well, you have to prove that we're like, you know, the dominant ones yeah. here. So, yeah. well, ask everybody. I won. I won. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Yeah. I mean, I no, expected they, nothing less, honestly. They probably won't remember it. But yeah, no, I, I like to catch them unawares. You know, they think they're going in for a handshake, then boom, over the top. <laughs> razzled <laughs> but the thing is is if they're watching you closely they can see you across the pub chugging that quart of motor all that's, that's right. how they know you're getting hyped we uh, gotta do over the top on this show that's, how have we not done that for action I, august i don't know over the top is awesome and terrible let's just skip it and do action january fuck it fuck yeah fuck jackuary yeah, <laughs> yeah jackuary yeah just movies with jack hunks in it Yes. <laughs> okay. Talk, I've talked myself into it. Okay, Fine. I'm into this Fine. now. Yeah. <laughs> Over the top, man. That's yeah. a good choice. It's a good choice, man. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, absolutely awesome. Uh, uh, thanks to everybody who came out, and uh, also uh, thanks to Lori for uh, uh, handling the screaming chat on Friday night. Uh, I don't Hell know what they watched, yeah. but I, I'm, I'm sure they had a great time. Awesome, man. Yeah. I hate that I, I could not be there. Uh, Scheduling-wise would have been an impossibility for me, but thanks yeah, to everyone no. for coming out, supporting the show. Everybody got some stickers. Hopefully you stuck them somewhere fucking cool. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And had the, a good old time. The stickers did find a home uh, every place we went to. So <laughs> Nice. Awesome, <laughs> But man. only places where st- other stickers were. We weren't being assholes. We weren't sticking stickers where they weren't acceptable. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, nice. those, those stickers, as I said, $2,500 value you um wow you know wow man can't believe you didn't come out and get one if you didn't get one <laughs> you can't put a price tag on that until you can yeah and you yeah. just did yeah and it's twenty five hundred dollars now <laughs> <laughs> amazing well thanks to everybody who came out sorry i couldn't be there 
not a feasible option for yeah. no, your boy. Yeah, everybody Hell was yeah, understanding man. for sure. So who did the best shit talk about me? Who did like the most <laughs> scathingly mean Ooh, impression? Scathing. I was like, I'm Ben, I shred, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, who did that? Uh, I'm, I'm mortified, they yeah, said. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say it was Chrissy. Shout out to Chrissy for making... <laughs> okay, had a good mean one on She absolutely didn't make yeah. fun of you. I, I don't Just want eviscerated to. eviscerated me. Yeah. yeah, probably deserve it. Yeah. I get it. All right. Could be worse. Could be yeah, worse. Yeah, absolutely. Well, while you guys was hanging out and drinking all them co-beers, I've been doing a ton of shit, man. Um, for one, I got to go see Tool. That was fucking oh, awesome. Oh, shit. That's it cool. It was Tool time. I'll tell you what. Oh, wow. Did they bring out, like, uh, Al Borland and everybody who we all love from Tool time? Or? God damn, dude. You know what I just thought about? That would be fucking What's amazing. That? So, you know, for like the past, I don't know, 15, 20 years, like Major James Keenan from Tool has been very much like, I want to be treated like an instrument and be on this little riser at the back of the stage and not be a rock and roll front man. Like, right. He's been very out of the spotlight with their live show. Right. What if the next evolution of that, God damn it, this would be so good. If back there on like his little Maynard riser that he has by the drums. Uh huh. What if to make it full-on tool time, he had, like, a little fence that was around him where, like, only his, like, eyes and top of his head were visible over the fence like Wilson, and he did the whole show from behind the fence. (laughs) I I hope our home improvement uh, references are hitting with everybody, because these God damn it, you know they are. It's a timeless show. (laughs) That'd be incredible. (laughs) Just a little Wilson fence around me. Absolutely. great. I love it. They were amazing. They were oh, yeah. legit fantastic. Cool. Like if they're if they're coming to your town on this current tour that they're on, I strongly recommend checking them out. Like I saw Tool damn 20 years ago when they were wow. in Knoxville with Meshuga and uh-huh. I I went with uh my brother and my friend Mitch because Meshuga was the opener. We were going to see Meshuga. Like we okay. like Tool, but it was like fucking Meshuga's in Knoxville. We got to right. go see that. And um, back then, like, I was blown away by Meshuga and then Toolset and the tour they were on at the time, I think they were leaning very heavily into, you know, the notion that probably the entire crowd was on psychedelics and shit. <laughs> so yeah. it, there'd be like 10 minutes of feedback in between songs or like a 10 minute Timothy Leary video uh-huh. in between songs and like... We were stone cold sober, so we were just kind of getting irritated. Where it's like, you guys right. could have played another song by now, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so going into it this time, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect, but I mean, of course, I was going to go see Tool in town. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Um, much tighter set, like it was more like song, 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 bang, bang, bang. Um, sounded phenomenal. I mean, sounded absolutely great, and it's astounding too. And you think about, you know, uh, uh, Danny Carey. From Tool, the drummer right. is like 62, 64. Yeah, he's an old like man. Uh huh. Maynard's 59. Wow. And the thing that was blowing my mind, and it made me feel like total dog shit for just a second during the show, like I was watching him and I was going, God damn, man, Maynard sounds phenomenal. He's perfect. The whole band is perfect. But I Googled his age and it's like 59 years old. And I was like, wow, okay. So the last time that I saw him here on tour, was when he was my age. <laughs> Fuck. Wow. <laughs> and that kind of hurt a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that was awesome. They were great. 
I got some fucking fillings done. Very fun. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody I love loves dental, dental work. work. Everybody and, loves it. Dude, I'm telling you, man. And, and I want to put this out there because I know that there's a lot of people like myself that have some pretty hardcore dental phobias. Right. Because um, I didn't go to the dentist for like 15, 16 years because I didn't have insurance and I live in America. Right. Uh, so I finally started going back to the dentist last year and it's been a steep slope. But man, I'll tell you what. If you can afford that nitrous, I'm telling you, get that nitrous. Yeah. It is always get just, that nitrous. It's so fun, yeah. dude. Like there were several moments in there where I was like, if I relaxed three percent more, even though I've got two people in my mouth, <laughs> yeah. I could just fall asleep. Like right. there's a few times where I was like, I could just not pay attention to this. Right. Um. It was a ride. It's awesome. And then as soon as they take you off it and just let you know, let you breathe oxygen for a while. You come off it and you're just totally back to normal. Yeah, it's, it's great. fucking amazing. Yeah. It's like having like a like sick bong rips, but with an on off switch. It's yes. great. It's so good. Yeah, it, I, it would be a shame if people were to purchase like a whipped cream canister and then whipping things and just inhale that gas. I can't imagine who would do that. No, I don't know why anyone would do that because it is really <laughs> fun to do that. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that was fucking great. I had a little overnight run to Nashville for a Paul Reed Smith Guitars artist event that Rad. I uh, went and checked out, which was really cool. Got to see Roger Dean Miller while I was there in oh. Nashville. That fool and his better half made me and Kate uh, drink beer and eat pizza. Sons oh, of bitches. Boy, I, that, boy, twist my arm. I don't know if I can oh get into God, that. Oh, God, man. You know, I, I do it because I feel bad for the guy. You know? <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I feel bad yeah. for the guy. Uh, oh, if if I wasn't hanging out with him, he doesn't have a million other things to do. <laughs> for sure. On his way out, he gave us a bottle of Pandan, which is it's like a rum made from Pandan, which is that crazy exotic plant. Uh-huh. It is... It looks like fucking antifreeze. It's the greenest thing ever, and what? it tastes like buttered popcorn. It is bizarre. Oh. It's one of the weirdest alcohols I've ever had. Huh. And he also gave me a beer that I was going to drink on the show today, except that it does have cold brew coffee in it. Oh, yeah. And I was looking at the clock, and I was like, yeah. I might be up <laughs> all late. night if uh-huh. I have that. So maybe we're recording again in just a few days for the next episode. So if we're earlier in the day, maybe I'll have it then. It'll I, perk me up and put me down. I like that you let your real voice slip there. I'll be up mm. all night if I have that. Yeah. 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 That's exactly. how Ben really talks For when he's just not a second. recording. <laughs> yeah. Let my guard down. You guys heard it. And uh, the other thing that I started this week is uh, I started seeing a personal therapist this week. Oh, awesome. Which I want to talk about because I think more people need to talk about that. And I agree. I, I think that the reaction that a lot of people still have whenever they hear someone is seeing a therapist, I go, oh, what's wrong? Oh, are you okay? Is it bad? You know? Uh, that doesn't need to be the reaction. Sure. Um, it's really good for everyone and really healthy for everyone to right. air your thoughts and what you're going through and experiences with a totally unbiased person yeah. who can maybe give you advice or give you better perspectives on your own inner workings. Mm -hmm. Like that's just something that everybody needs. It doesn't mean that you're sick or crazy or any of the things that we attach to uh, mental health in general. Um, And I think that we're getting better about that, but I know that definitely, you know, coming from where I come from in the eighties, if you say therapist, it means that like you're at the end of your rope. That's, that's not the case at all. Right. 
Um, I think that it's a shame that you have to have money to do it because it is a thing that a lot of people need. And the only thing that holds a lot of people back from doing it is money. Right. Um, I think that sucks. And I'm very privileged and fortunate to be able to be like, hey, I'm going to invest a little bit in my yeah. my own mental health and well-being and um, trying to become a more maximized version of what I want to be and learn how to manage my time and my uh, creativity and my work-life balance, which I've talked about many times on the show, right. more better. Yeah. Um, as well as, of course, you know, just a, a lot of things that I've gone through in my life. Uh, so I'm very excited about it. I think that it's very cool, and I'm looking forward to uh, to what that can do. And if you're on the fence about it, get the nitrous. <laughs> get the ni- absolutely. When See you previous go response to your therapist, <laughs> request the nitrous. Request the nitrous. Uh-huh. No, if, if you're on the fence about it, just just fucking do it, man. Yeah. Like it's it can be an eye opening experience for sure, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know. But, yeah. you know, again, it's it's one of those things that I do wish that healthcare and mental health care was a right, right. for everyone Agreed. and not a mm-hmm. privilege. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm being thankful for what I have and my ability to access that, and I'm excited about what it can do. Yeah, that's right. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So make some steps. We'll see what happens. I bet I probably go back next week and, you know, my therapist is just going to be like, you know what? You're fixed. You're yeah, good. You're good, man. Yeah. Go on, get. <laughs> you, you came in here, told me a little bit about yourself. Now you're yeah, back. You're, you're good. Fine. You're fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Move on. I'm like, all right. Done. All right. See you later. Thanks. Yep. I don't need a copay, I guess, right? <laughs> nope. Uh-uh. You're going to see a big certificate hanging up in my studio that just says, fixed! Yeah. Exclamation point. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Signed, Ben's therapist. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds great. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, yeah, it's probably been a long time coming. Um, looking forward to becoming a better version of myself. That's right, man. Awesome. Yep, yep, yep. Doing some stuff, man. What have That's you been cool. watching? Oh, man. Uh, gosh, we've, we've had so much um, going on, but we've had, we've had some time to watch some pretty cool stuff, including NeverEnding Story Part 2. Oh, never seen it, man. The first one is so sacred to me that, like, right. I've... I've never really wanted to break the seal on the second one. How is it? Okay. Um, story-wise, eh, visually, really cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I I do recommend just turning it on and maybe not paying attention because it is I can visually awesome. Yeah. That's kind of what so we you're did. saying <laughs> the best option is get the nitrous. <laughs> 100%. If you're going to watch Never Ending Story 2, get the nitrous. Whip it good. Why not, man? Is it the same like uh same kid from the original? No. Yeah, no. Oh. Every everybody's replaced. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I know. But visually it's really cool. So, um also, we watched uh, that uh, Jennifer Lawrence movie No Hard Feelings. We just recently. watched this the other day, man. Nice. Um, I had a great time with it. She's she's really good, really funny, and it really like I was a little worried where they were going at the end, you know, because I know rom com yeah. tropes, but it, it ended well. I liked the way it ended. Dude, I thought that it was really, really good. I enjoyed it so much. And yeah, like you said, she's fucking fantastic. She's, she's just so a magnetic good, yeah. person where it's she like really everybody is. wants to hang out with her, right? Absolutely, like I would yeah. love to fucking drink a beer with her yeah. or something. Yeah. Um she's great and dude, the kid in this 
is absolutely pre-17 me. It's <laughs> almost... Dude, right? I almost... I swear to God, I almost wonder if the person that wrote this has listened to our show. Because when it got to the part <laughs> where this super, super shy-ass kid is talking about how that song Maneater has always scared him because it's about somebody who's a monster and a cannibal. I was like, I've literally, literally talked about this on the show. Like, yeah. I have said that. Like, yeah. that is straight up me. Yeah, it is. That's I so had to, funny. like, pause the movie. I was like, there's right. no way. Like, yeah. We were watching this, and, and Kate is like, you know he reminds me of you when I met you. And I'm like, I know. I was already thinking that. And then he goes, I've always been scared of that song, Man, it, Man Eater. And I'm like, hold the fucking phone. Wait a second here. Stop. <laughs> At least it's not just me. I think somebody ripped off my material, though. That's not oh, even material, sure. though. That's yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah. I did think that song was about a cannibal. And that that you know that that whole story element is done really well. And, and that yeah. Yeah, that kid like does a good job of looking wienery. <laughs> like, oh yeah, he, he like he's really doing a good physicality and like being a wienery type of guy. And, and but like you know. There's there's some interesting stuff there at the end that I I, I enjoyed and and definitely yeah fun time yeah uh, dude, so loved it recommend it um also we started the journey on the Hell Rankers for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh oh Tament um you know it it really was kind of inspired by being at Ground Control and playing <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games and. Anna has never seen those movies, any of them. Uh-oh, uh, gotta any- take a shot. Yep. Gotta take a shot. There you go, take a shot for any time something Anna hasn't seen. Yep. Um, so she she hasn't seen any of these movies, and we watched, of course, uh, what used to be the highest grossing independent movie of all time for of quite a time, while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from 1990. It's, it's so good. It's good. It's a good movie. Yeah, dude. Hell Yes. I, I I don't know. Like you know, it's it's very much trying to walk a line between the comic book and the show, and between a more like uh, older teenage audience and a, a you know young kid audience. And I think it does pretty well. Yeah, you know, similar to the Ghostbusters one versus two kind of thing. When I was a kid, I liked two two more better yeah. in both of these cases. Right. Yeah. But now, as a, as a grown man, I go back and I'm like, dude, I for both of these, I love how gritty and dirty the cityscape is. Yes, yeah. In part one, like uh-huh. Ninja Turtles one is pretty grimy. It's like, yes, it, it is. is about fucking, uh, yeah, uh, kung fu fighting turtles and right. their <laughs> rat friend that taught them stuff. Sure, uh-huh. but. It has that like gritty, shitty old New York feel feels that is great. so yeah. fun to see, man. It yeah. feels like New York in a movie supposed to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I immediately like commented on that and the like opening bits where it's just showing the city and it's just grimy and it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. I like this. <laughs> yeah, I like God, the costumes are so good too. They're great. They look awesome. The anim like the the puppeteering on the the face and stuff, and then like just yeah, the the overall like movement they're able to to pull off in these turtle suits is great mm-hmm. yep. it's awesome man yep. you know speaking of ninja turtle games you, you're bringing this up earlier uh-huh. did you ever play tmnt the uh what's it teenage mutant ninja turtles tournament fighter the yes. fighting game that they uh-huh. did i did yeah 
so underrated, man. It I think is. that's a great it fighting is. game. It's a good fighting game. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe it was looked at as like, you know, they were trying to just cash in because it was really popular. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I was think in it was the just, age of, yeah, like a million Street Fighter clones yeah, and shit. Yeah, absolutely. But no, it's a fun game. Yeah. Yeah, it was good, man. Yeah. And also for, uh, for Legacy of Brutality, we uh, just did uh, a couple of... Um, Patreon exclusive episodes. One where we talked about cinematic horror matches. Uh, we talked about uh, Undertaker and AJ Styles and um, oh fucking uh, Randy Orton uh, versus uh, uh, you know what's his name Bray Wyatt. Uh, oh and, yeah yeah yeah. You know, mm-hmm. These are the the matches where they're like shot like a movie and you know. Oh yeah, like yeah. cinematic matches. Yeah. yeah, they're fun. They're interesting. Uh, and then we also watched a, a documentary called uh, Satan Wants You, which is about the satanic panic. And uh, Michelle Remembers, the book Michelle Remembers, that really set oh, off yeah. the satanic panic. It really does a great job of just demolishing everything about it. Uh, and then <laughs> Good. Also, you know, <laughs> also looking at its continued... Um, you know, pull on some parts of society with like QAnon. Oh, what do you and, mean? That's all. That's all over. <laughs> yeah. Fucking yeah. Conspiracy thought of a web of baby eaten evildoers. No, nobody right. believes in that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure if you're hearing me say, I just we just talked about cinematic horror matches and then uh, the Satanic Panic uh, documentary. You're like, what? What the hell are you talking about on Legacy Brutality this month? Are we talking about? Horror and professional wrestling, very specifically uh, horror's influence on professional wrestling. Um, And I, you know, the satanic panic thing is coming from the uh, work Kevin Sullivan did down in North and Central Florida in the 80s where he was the Prince of Darkness and he, he was just a gigantic heel playing off of all the satanic panic stuff. Nice. And people just absolutely hated him, but you know it worked. It, it drew the crowd, and yeah. So we're 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 talking about that stuff this month, and it's it's real fun because I love pro wrestling, <laughs> and uh, I really am trying to just like find a way to justify like this is important in horror history. You need to know who these people are and what what this is all about because it has influenced actual horror. Like when you've hmm. got uh, you know Andre the Giant on screen. You can't have a wimpy little horror guy. You got to have Kane Hodder now. Like when people have seen giants, they need to be scared by giants in their horror movies. So these things were influential for sure. I mean, uh, we even talked about it with Prince of Darkness, how, uh, you know, uh, 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 John Carpenter went to WrestleMania 2. And that's that's where he met Roddy Piper and stuff like it, it. there's been huge influence throughout of professional wrestling on horror and horror on professional wrestling. So it's real interesting stuff. And I'm, I'm real excited to get to the actual construction of the episode. Hell yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's what, that's what we've been uh, watching on and doing. What you, what you been up to? Peeping on some things, man. Very nice. So just last night, uh, Kate and I went and seen it's a wonderful knife, which is a oh, yeah. new, Christmas horror movie, what's a got a Justin Long in it. We did a mini-sode on it, mm-hmm. what just come out. I recommend you guys scope that one out at Spoiler Free for the first 20 minutes of it. Yeah. Uh, it's not a very good movie. It's not really great. <laughs> 
neither of us really knew anything. It was just like, oh, it's a Christmas right. horror movie. Justin Long's in it. All right, fine. And you know, of course, Justin Long is fantastic in it. He's right. bringing it so hard every scene he's in. He's just not in enough scenes. Yeah, and the okay. scenes he's not in are just kind of okay. Give it a minute; it'll probably stream on Shutter. Yeah, maybe watch it then. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, I I hadn't really heard of it. And then I looked at the cast list, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And then you were like, "Not good." And I was like, "No, oh, okay, <laughs> I'll wait no, for it to really. uh, to get to streaming because, yeah, I mean, it sounds interesting—a a horror twist on It's a Wonderful Life. I like the yeah. premise. Yeah, yeah, me too. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm not rushing out to see that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Beetlejuice, we watched, still oh, an awesome. all-time OG classic, of course. And it keeps getting better every time I see it. So fantastic. Yeah. We went to uh, Central Cinema and watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I don't think oh. I'd watch that for fucking 20-something years. Wow. Yeah, we watched it earlier this year, uh, and it had been the first time I'd seen it in a long time. It's great, right? Dude, the animation is so beautiful. It's great. It's ridiculously yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I love so that fun. opening animation bit that then... You know, it, it, it seems like it's going to be a cartoon short, but it's the opening yeah. of the movie. Yeah, totally, cool. dude. Yeah. That's what I thought it was, too. And then it just transitions to, like, the tunes in the real world and stuff. So good, man. Bob Hoskins, treasure. Absolutely. He's so good with a, with nothing. Like, he's, he's playing with nothing yep. and doing a great job at it. Yep. So good, man. And damn, fucking Judge Doom. That oh, shit is scary. It's creepy, right? The it's so dip? creepy. The dip scared me so much as a kid. Like, that poor little shoe, man. Oh, man, it's shivering and quaking and stuff. I think it's, like, extra damaging because, you know, your whole life as a kid, you're seeing cartoons. They get, you know, shot at, blown up, anvils dropped on their head. Right. And it's like their their pain or any effects of what happens to them are so momentary. They're fine in the next scene. They never die. Yeah. But then... Seeing something that can kill cartoons, that is particularly traumatizing. <laughs> it really is. It's it's an evil premise to throw at kids, and I love it for that. Like that's I I love when kinda twisted people make stuff for for what they would have liked as a kid. Because there's the weirdos out there like us who are like, Yeah, okay, great. Like this is scaring me, but I love it. I want to watch yeah. more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally, man. Cool movie, still enjoyable. And I watched Stage Fright the other night. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, man. That's yeah. fun. That fella got a dang old owl on his he head. He got an owl on his head, yeah. <laughs> he put a bird on it and started yeah. just killing on folks, I guess. He sure did. <laughs> it's was, all right. It's, it's all okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it's got it's got some cool moments for sure. And I love the 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 owl mask thing. It's it's fun. It's weird. I like it. Yeah, some good kills and stuff in there too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Enjoyable flick. So I've had time to watch a few things this week. And uh, yeah, been pretty good. Been fucking busy, but still been pretty (laughs) A-OK. I'm feeling that. Also had time to watch Fright Night from 2011. And you know what I seen in there? What you see in there? I saw goddamn old Doctor Who just slamming on some Midori the whole movie. Just straight (laughs) melon liqueur. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah, that Doctor Who, he loves a Maduri, it seems. He sure does. Now, that's uh-huh. a that's a liqueur you can toss into a drink. It's not really a common thing just to be like, that's my drink. I'll have just that. But you know what? That's not the only 
alcohol hot take I've ever heard of. So I suggest that we lay it on these busters here okay. in the Preview Palace and give them our alcohol takes. Welcome to the Preview Palace. Alcohol takes edition. That's huh? right. Alcohol hot takes, man. So this fella in here drinking a dang Midori. Now, uh-huh. I could be very quick to judge about that. You want to drink this green sweet liquid fella? What's uh-huh. the matter with you? But then at the same time, you know what one of my just straight up favorite little nightcaps has been lately? What's that? Just a dry curacao. All oh. on its own in a glass. Okay. It's delicious. Is it? All right. So good, man. I mean, you know, you usually use that in a mixed drink or whatever, but on its own, it's a delightful orangey rich brandy what's okay. wrong with that no nothing's wrong with that that's a good point i hadn't thought mm, about it. brandy Mm-mm. yeah i i have recently been getting into brandy uh just one of those things that i had never really uh messed with other than having it in cocktails at, at bars and stuff but uh i got some to to kind of i was making a uh what do you call it uh Oh, red wine. Toilet wine. I was making toilet wine. No, I was making sangria, uh, which some people at the the meetup got to try. And, uh, you know, uh, they had nice compliments. Uh, Whether they they enjoyed it or not, it was really nice of them to say nice things. Um, But I I had, uh, you know, the sangria has uh, brandy and Cointreau in it, usually. So Mm. I had picked up some brandy and I was like, well, what's this? What's this all about? So I just tasted it. What's this do? Yeah, tasted it by itself. Uh, and I was, you know, I was like, okay. And then I was, you know, looked up a few cocktails, made a few cocktails, and I was like, all right, I'm digging brandy. Brandy's good stuff, man. Well, you know, Looking Glass themselves said that brandy is a fine girl. So That's true. It's true. What a wonderful wife she'd be. Mm. Mm-hmm. I do also enjoy an old timey beverage, such as a, a brandy or a cognac. I feel like Ooh, those are things yeah. that have mm-hmm. been left behind at the liquor store. Well, uh, yeah. which means probably you know within the next ten years they're going to quadruple in price and right. become very popular as absolutely. whiskey is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no cognac. I think one of the things is oftentimes at the liquor store they only have bottom shelf or top shelf. And yes, so exactly. not a lot of mid range. Yeah, yeah, you're not you're not gonna very much enjoy the bottom shelf, and the top shelf's gonna be great if you can afford it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I I agree with you though. Cognac's great, awesome. Let's go with the first alcohol take right here. All mm-hmm. right, let's just see how we feel about this one. Non ironic consumption of Jägermeister. How do you feel about it? Oh, it's great. Jaeger's good. I know. Jaeger's yeah. fucking great. It I is. I love it, man. It is. It, I, I think people have just had like negative, drank too much Jaeger and Red Bull experiences. Oh, yeah. That they associate that with Jaeger. But yeah, try Jaeger now as a grown adult. Um, I think you'll enjoy it because I, I sure do. It probably doesn't help that like we were, you know, right at drinking age at the height of uh, Jaeger mania, well, you know, when there was like yeah. Jaeger music tour and it was just absolutely yeah. everywhere. And I know so many people around our age that still to this day can't even smell Jaeger simply because they right. had a horrific experience on it. Well, and I think because I was Mormon for that little period, you missed it. yeah, I missed it. So I didn't have, I had never had Jaeger before. I don't think. And I had Jaeger after as an adult. And I was like, this is tasty. 
I like this. Yeah, <laughs> totally, man. But, yeah. you know, I feel like the, the rise in popularity of stuff like Frenette, for example, yeah, mm-hmm. should help bring Jaeger back because it has a lot of similarities to some for of sure. those. Yeah. Um, and as well as, like, uh, fucking Underberg and all that kind of stuff. Like, people right. love that shit. But it's like, man, give Jaeger another chance. Like, I know you're <laughs> thinking about metalcore bands with cargo shorts when you think Jaegermeister, but... Give it another try. There's also some cocktails you should check out. Have you ever had a, uh, a skater on crack? No, I think you talked about this before, though. I think what, I have. What is it? It's yeah. so good. I, I, honestly, I'm trying to remember because it has been a while. Um, it's kind of a riff on a surfer on acid. So it's kind of similar to that. But okay. it's so good, man. Try yourself one of those. It's like a delicious tiki drink with mm, a lot okay. of spicy notes and stuff in it. Okay. But yeah, dude, Jaeger on its own. Bring it on. Give it to Bring me. it on. All right, you know what? I got one for you. Hit me. Since since I've been uh, uh, fermenting wine, making wine, got a, got a couple of carboys behind me right now, bubbling away. I'll tell you what. Drink the wine that you like, and don't care what anybody else thinks. Because I'll yes. tell you what, a, a, a bottle of like uh, Pinot Noir that tastes like tobacco and and all sorts of other like leathery notes and whatnot i i don't give a shit i don't want that mm. a moscato great pinot grigio wonderful i want you like it light i okay. like it light and i like it to be slightly sweet not too sweet but slightly sweet i'm All telling right. you what you can make your own wine at home and you can make anything you want and if nobody else wants it that's okay you got more that's fine. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And then all you got to do when you're done making it is clean out the commode and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, though. Honestly, like, there's all these, like, snobby-ass rules about drink this right. with this food, drink this right. with this, when in reality, if you mixed it up, it's not going to ruin your fucking meal, dude. No, absolutely not. But that's that's the thing is that those wines are often meant to be served with things, not to just be drank for fun. A right. good table wine, just something that tastes nice and fruity and has, a, 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 you know, whatever level of sweetness you personally like. It's up to you. I'm telling you what, uh, that that's really improved my opinion on wines. Uh, absolutely. When I just realized, like, you know, what's, you know, what's real good that Carlo Rossi sangria. <laughs> That stuff's awesome. That you stuff find what kicks. you like and go with it. There's Absolutely. zero fucking shame in that, yeah. man. And, you know, similarly, like, I, I have found that I enjoy red wines with a decent amount of chill on them. Yeah. You know, it's, uh-huh. it's always been the popular thing to be like, sure. oh, chill those whites and keep the reds at room temp, yada, yada. Um, after hanging out with some friends that are very knowledgeable about wine and, yeah. you know, make great selections and stuff, and then we'll have, you know, a red wine served at, like seller temp or a little below seller temp. It uh-huh. really raised my enjoyment of red wines with yeah. a meal and stuff just by having it a little cooler, even though sometimes that's not a hot opinion to do. Yeah. But you're right, man. You like what you like. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that what essentially started with somebody figuring out that fruit falling on the ground and getting all brown kind of made it make you feel funny. Mm, uh, made my feelings funny. Yeah, mm. Got to somebody being like, I can't believe you're having that or that. Uh, shut yeah, up. Yeah, totally, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're getting drunk is what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that leads me to my next kind of hot take, which is to say, even though wine is fine, uh-huh. most of the time with a meal, 
Champagne is fucking king, dude. Oh, champagne's great. I love champagne all the time. It's I, good I, with everything. It's good with everything. everything. Absolutely everything. Yeah, and you can, you can have a, a sweeter champagne. I like a more brute champagne myself. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's all sorts of varieties there. And then, yeah, you know, man, I'll tell you what, that, that nice like effervescence and stuff does really go well with any meal. Especially, I feel like especially anything kind of very savory. It's going to go really well. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. I mean, we'll do champagne with anything from just, you know, a nice bacon and eggs brunch at home to super complicated Indian cuisine. God, champagne and Indian is so good. Is it? Okay. I got to try that. Yeah. Oh, man. It is. It is a magical ride. Um, Actually, (laughs) hell, I might do that after we're done recording. Chicken tikka masala the other day. Yes. Awesome. It's so good. And I think we have some champagne in the fridge. So I might just do a little bit of that myself. (laughs) Hell yeah, man get to it oh, so good yeah champagne always a fucking 10 let's talk light beer steve because let's i know it, yeah. that you know especially on this show right now as we're drinking these you know fancy fine sure. artisanal fancy boy yeah. beers you might think that we're the kind of chaps what's going to really look down on a working class beer like a no. like a high life like a pipper oh, like what? a bud light give it to anything me. like that how yeah. do you feel about a light beer steve I'm a-okay with a light beer. I've, you know, I, I've even uh, drank uh, those, uh, what do you call them, Michelob 64s or whatever, and been like, yeah, yeah. you know what? It's fine right now. It's doing the job. Doesn't bother me. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, when it comes to what I'm going to buy for myself, sometimes I do want something lighter, but I, I don't often go directly with a light beer, but uh, I don't mind them. They're fine. I'm by no means above it. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. especially like if you're having it with food, I I don't find myself sitting around and drinking light beers on their own unless I'm just solely going just for effect and that's all that's there. But man, like if you sat down at a greasy pizza joint, would you rather have a fucking Miller High Life or this fancy ass beer that we have in front of us right now? Oh, absolutely. A Miller High Life. 100%. Give Give me a High Life with a slice of pizza. I'm always happy. Yeah, my God, man! There's something about those simple ass beers that are just so good with food, and yeah. I, I don't know how it is out in Portland, but I'm super stoked that it seems like a lot of Knoxville breweries are catching on and doing a lot of light beers and lagers and pilsners. Oh yeah, absolutely! You can get all fantastic that. with food. I, I've been yeah, I've been running through them too because it's just like we're kind of in uh, you know stout and and uh, you know uh, brown beer season. And I, I do just keep finding myself reaching for whatever Pilsner or lager a local pub is, or a local brewery has done. And mm-hmm. every time it hits the spot. Yeah, man. Always fucking good. And again, goes really great with food. And especially as you, as you travel around um, to places where it is a, you know, brutally hot climate. Like oh, if you're yeah. <laughs> around Mexico or Argentina, right? some of the places that I've been over the past few years. Yeah, dude, Give me a on tecate. a brutal—that's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> yeah. like, on a brutal ass, hundred degree, sweaty ass, sunny day. Yeah. Do you want to drink a fucking lacto fermented milkshake no. IPA? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, get it out of here. Fuck <laughs> no. Would you rather have that or something watery and freezing cold? That's great. Yeah. I'll Give take me that. an Estrella. Give me. Uh, yeah, a Dos Equis, any, any of those. Any of those, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Any of those. So, yeah, there's a time and place for it, but, man, there's nothing nothing that beats it when it is the right time and the Absolutely. right place. 
Okay, let's keep going on this uh, on this canned beer kind of rig because okay. I know that there's a lot of companies now that are making their own pre-canned Michelad. Now, yeah, the right. pre-canned ones are okay, but like a sure, homemade yeah. Michelada made by the right hands is a thing of glory. And here's uh-huh. my hot take. I much prefer that over a Bloody Mary. Yeah, I Discuss. agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you mm. on that. I understand why uh, some micheladas are maybe intimidating or look like they're going to be too much or whatever. They feel lighter to me, They, but also like more refreshing. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I love a Bloody Mary, but <laughs> if I had the choice, I think I agree with you. Yeah. Man, my buddy Emil makes the best... Michelad, and it sounds so disgusting until you have it. But you know, right. he he has like he has clamato in there. Uh-huh. He has sriracha, tons right. of lime. Great. Um, yep. Oh my god, dude! It is so good and you get savory the and on hot the rim. And sour. You, oh, you, fuck you gotta yeah, have man. some tahini. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. Like I think the thing is, is with a Bloody Mary, you get that in a big old pint glass, and it's like an ounce of vodka, and then. The rest is tomato yeah, juice and stuff. It's so like, heavy. <laughs> it's so heavy to me. Yeah. yeah, just burn a hole in your stomach acidic. Right. Whereas with yeah. a Michelada, well, it's mostly beer. Yeah. And you got the, yeah, the tomato elements and all that in there, yeah, too. Yeah, it's it's doing the job that the, I mean, you know, the Bloody Mary is supposed to be the brunch drink, right? It's the, right. you know, hangover drink. It's the hair of the dog that leads to the rest of the day of drinking. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Michelada does all that and more and better. <laughs> Agreed. It, yeah. <laughs> it's a tasty thing in the right hands of the maker. Now, Steve, we are both Tennessee boys, are yeah. we not? Mm-hmm. Straight from the hills. We them boys. <laughs> we them boys, that's right. We them boys. Uh-huh. So you know, because we're from Jack Daniels country, we know a thing or two about Bissy. We know yes, our Bissy over true. here, don't yeah, we? Yep, yep. Yeah, I, and I, we know Jack Daniels sucks. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We were just having this conversation uh, that, yeah, Jack Daniels, man, I don't know. Like, every time I have it, I'm like, fine. I don't understand why it is the world-known whiskey that it is. I don't understand Uh -uh. that. No. Uh, I I wasn't there, maybe, when there was just nothing else, I guess. I don't know. But (laughs) growing up in East Tennessee, yeah, we always just had so many options of whiskeys that are better and cost less. Dude, way cheaper. Yeah. So, yeah, it just, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, that's another unpopular opinion I have. It's not even terribly unpopular. I think it's pretty popular for anybody who knows. The price of a thing doesn't have anything to do with its quality, especially when it comes to whiskey. Well, especially when it comes to whiskey, it's just more of a byproduct of its scarcity is all that it's really telling you. The only reason why it's going to be expensive is because it's scarce. Uh, Weller and a lot of times the scarceness is dollars a bottle worth of whiskey, right? Yeah, it's, it's and the, the scarceness is manufactured. Like they deliberately make less or right. hold reserves back just to create scarcity. It's the fucking diamond market, dude. Well, and I, honestly, though, like with Weller, it's like they always have a cheaper option that you just mm-hmm. have to find out about, right? Like they right. Always, like it's not going to be the exact whiskey, but it's going to be real good. Um, I love Weller. Whew, yeah, it is so um, good. Man, alive! It skyrocketed in price. Absolutely. Like, you're lucky if you can fucking find it, much yeah, less afford I mean, it. 
the same happened with that George Dickel uh, bottled and bond mm, I, that yep. uh, was like it was like named uh, something in some whiskey magazine, and it went from like fifteen dollars a bottle here to about seventy to eighty. Yeah. Yes. Real quick. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And it got yeah. scarce, man, just because yeah. the word got out about it. Yeah. But you know what they were missing out on was all the other dickle. Like, yeah. you can just mm. get regular dickle. It's good. It's good. It's still pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're right. But dude, Jack Daniels in all scenarios is just not good, except for right. the and Coke application. I would, that is, ne- yeah. I would never choose any other whiskey other than Jack oh, really? Daniels to be mixed with Coke. It's still the best tasting with Coke to me. Is it because you wouldn't want to put Coke in those other whiskeys because you like them? Man, I mean, I, yeah. I've i done it. Yeah. You know, like I've I've done like Makers and Coke. Just not hitting the spot. It's not the same. There's okay. something about the combination of those two that just does a particular thing. Kind of yeah. like when you do specifically... Captain Morgan Spice Rum and Coke. It's not even objectively better. And Captain Morgan Spice Rum is is just a corn syrup vanilla mess of yeah. a product. Yeah. But when it's with Coke, it does hit different it than does. any other yeah, spice absolutely. rum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some spice rums do seem to be built specifically to be in an and Coke or a Long Island iced tea situation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure, man. <laughs> but drinking Jack, like neat. Yeah, fuck off. No. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. But you know what? Speaking of and Cokes, mm. like I'll tell you what, I I think you might disagree with me on this. I think a lot of liquors go well with Coke. Mm, a lot of okay. Them. A lot okay. Of them. Give, give give me one. What you talking about? Well, I mean, obviously we got rum. That's easy. Yep. Simple. Cubely Bray. Right. Now I'll tell you what. It, it depends on the whiskey, but you can combine an Irish whiskey and a Coke in the right combo, and it's good. Yes, I've yeah. had that yeah. in the right proportions. It yeah. can work. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I anything like a tequila or a vodka that's essentially just adding, you know, alcohol, alcohol to Coke, yeah. not going to do it. It's not going to do it. I was going to say, yeah. like that. that is one I was going to like not side with you on. I've never... Yeah. I've never been able to make vodka and Coke taste like anything other than alcoholics delight. Yeah. Like it just, yeah. it just not does good. not taste good. No, I agree. All. I agree. Yeah. Those, those liquors just cannot go with Coke, but I, I think uh-uh. it can, it can find its other applications outside of the Jack and Coke, but the Cuba Libre is one of my faves for sure. Mm. And, That's I, a you delight, know what? man. I, I'll tell you what, just got some Cruzan rum the other day on the recommendation mm-hmm. of the, the liquor store guy. Uh, that was real good with uh, with a little bit of Coke and uh, yeah, lime juice. Fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. delicious. Yeah, yeah. Good call, man. Let's yeah. keep going on the uh, on the rum train of things. How Let's about this? Daiquiri's fucking rule, and most people have never had a real one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh huh. <laughs> Just when you yeah. think daiquiri, if you think of a frozen sugary thing that comes out of a bag or a machine. You have never had a daiquiri. True. The daiquiri is like a classic ass simple cocktail meant to just showcase the small number of ingredients that are in it. Like if your daiquiri is anything more than good rum, fresh lime juice, sugar, or simple syrup, and possibly some like Angostura bitters on top, that's mm. not a daiquiri. I think it's right. a real crime that there's nothing regulating what you call a daiquiri because a lot of people have never had a fucking real one. 
That's the most German shit I've ever heard you <laughs> we say. We need daiquiri regulation. It's a crime is what I'm saying. Purity you laws. Or daiquiri. <laughs> <laughs> Same for restaurant margaritas, though. Like a lot of people sure. have never had a real fucking margarita. Real margaritas, real good. Sure, yeah. I I get so behind good. the the frozen shit margarita though. I'm fine. with Yeah, it. you're still down. Yeah, you're yeah, I'm down, man. I I you know the thing is though. Like the whole idea of them is, it, you basically don't taste anything, right? <laughs> like yeah. it's really trying to shove liquor into your face. So if the option is bad tequila, then yeah, give me a frozen margarita. Absolutely. Okay. You know what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. If it is some garbage, let's not highlight it. Let's hide it. Right. Yeah, yeah. But that's what you. That's exactly what it is happening. Yeah, reg, a regular margarita is much better, especially with good tequila. But you know, if not, let's let's hide it and add 750 calories to my meal at O'Charlie's, right? Right. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. dude. Brutal, man. I've got one more. Let's see. This is one that I see circulating around on Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Okay. Uh, cuz I, I follow a lot of like uh, you know, bartending cocktail stuff on yeah. Instagram. So I see this pop up every now and then about you want to see the biggest ripoff in the world? See this highball glass that you got with this fucking long skinny ice cube in your cocktail you paid 15 bucks for? Look, if you take it out, the glass only has like four ounces in it. You're getting ripped off. Is It's supposed to, yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's the idea. It's a small amount that's being cooled by the long stick ice cube. Of ice. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's what? not at all trying to pull the wool over your fucking eyes no, here. You're that, still that's getting not the point. alcohol. Yes. Like, it is so very standard for a cocktail to be between two and four ounces. Like, that's right. not anything weird not at, at all. all. No. That ice cube is for dilution, and yeah. it looks pretty. Yeah, You're not does, getting uh-huh. ripped off. No, not at all. That's wild. Yeah, TikTok constantly taking L's, huh? Dude, for real, man. <laughs> For fucking real. But yeah, that, that drives me insane when people think they're getting ripped off because they're not getting a fucking pint of alcohol. Like, dude, you want a fucking pint of a kamikaze? You're going to yeah. die. Right? Like, die. What are you, you going to do the rest of the evening? Is somebody <laughs> picking you up? <laughs> yeah, one and done. Well, your fucking bartender wants you to pay your tab before you fucking go face down on the bar. Right? So that's yeah, why he's not pouring you a pint of that fucking shit. He doesn't even ask if you want to keep the tab open. He just hands it back with the receipt. <laughs> <laughs> before he hands you the drink. Right? right. Go ahead and fill that out. Yeah, here you go. Oh, man, dude. Yeah, some mildly alcohol takes, I think. I don't think we had anything too terribly scathing <laughs> no. in oh, there, right? Um, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, French wine is poopy. I don't like oh, it. Okay, that's hot. Yeah, that's no. a real hot take. <laughs> yeah, right I, have no, I have no opinions on French wine. Sorry. Well, there we go. Yeah. So, yeah, let us know about your alcohol takes over on our Facebook group. That's a good place to hang out with your boys and all the other dead and lovelies. Post your alcohol takes. Let us know your unpopular liquor opinions. But now mm. is the time of the show. That's right. Where we do the thing that the show is, which is to say, talk about a horror movie. An hour later. <laughs> yeah, now it's the time of the show where we do the thing that the show is. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Yeah. It's all foreplay. It's all foreplay. It really foreplay. is. Hey, listen. And that's the thing some people don't get when they're giving us a bad review. Like, get to the movie. 
It's like, okay, so you're terrible in bed. I get it. Mm. I understand mm. now. You suck in bed. We kick ass in bed. Because we take an even, hour dude, of foreplay. <laughs> it ain't even foreplay. It's probably seven or eight play. Yeah, by know? that time. Absolutely. Eight or nine uh-huh. play. <laughs> That's what we do. We're here to be talking about Fright Night from 2011. Yeah. This was, I believe, only the second time that I've seen this movie. I recall watching oh, okay. it sometime years and years and years ago. I think it was even like before we started the show. Right. And all that I remembered going into it this time was that the effects were really bad. That's the only uh-huh. thing that I yeah. could remember about this movie. <laughs> and I want to say I even saw the remake before I saw the original, if I'm oh, not wow. mistaken. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now let's give the, our listeners a little bit of background here. We're not exactly huge fans of the original. I know to a lot of people right. of around our age or younger, you know, children of the eighties, this is one of those ones that's like a permanent classic, can do no sure. harm. The original right. Fright Night's one of the greatest movies ever. Uh, you and I don't really yeah. love it. We don't. Like, it's, it's good. It's got got good moments, and, yeah. and the effects are good. The effects are fucking fantastic. But yeah, yeah I'm not as enamored with it as, as a lot of other people are. Yeah. Mainly because the the cast is kind of kind of C list people, and a lot of the characters themselves are very flat and hard to care about or just downright annoying in the absolutely. face of evil ed yeah yeah absolutely but this is different this is a, yeah this is a stacked cast this is people that we like we like an anton yelkin we like imogen poots Woo. uh of course david Tennant and colin farrell both Come awesome on. colin farrell's just killing it i mean like it's a, it's a great I mean, I mean like how in the world, do you have Tony Collette in this movie? <laughs> like she's Dude. so good, and she she gets m- way more screen time than the mom in the original. But oh yeah, underutilized I feel. But yeah, just a great cast of people and a solid story with pretty. I mean, I I, I have some issues with some exposition moments, but mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think a pretty compelling story, very well done action moments. Like, yeah, definitely. It's got so much going for it that it's a shame the CGI and 3D elements are in there because they fucking suck. They they really <laughs> shit the bed on that stuff, man. Yeah. When's the first time you watched this? Um, it, it was uh, around the time it came out. I remember um, I was just like... Because uh, I think David Tennant had been the doctor around this time, and I remember seeing that he was going to be in this movie... And I was like, oh, interesting. Colin Farrell. And oh, I like Anton Yelkin. So I was just like, okay, well, I'll try this. Give it a shot. And watched it back in the day. I was like, okay, CGI sucks. But it's pretty cool. And then I, I rewatched it again, I think a couple of years ago. And I was like, you know what? I think this is like underrated. This movie just kind of gets overlooked. Yeah. Probably because like, the CGI is real bad. It's it's really, really bad. Like that is the only thing about this, man, is like if you paired this cast and this story and this setting with the effects of the original, oh boom, yeah. That's the right version of Fright. Oh Night. yeah, absolutely. I'd love that. Cause yeah, those effects in the original are so good. They're so stylized and interesting and fun. And in this he he's a shark. He's a shark vampire. Yeah. For some reason, he is a <laughs> land shark 
vampire. I, I don't <laughs> get it, man. But it, it's amazing to me that this did as well as it did, especially considering this is around the time frame of all the bullshit horrible horror remakes Where, uh, a lot that coming started out coming around, out yeah. yeah and we've done some of them on the show sure. um some of them are better than others but sure. uh-huh. honestly i feel like this is one of the better remakes of an 80s classic yeah i think so yeah we, we definitely have here like so much of the original story but updated because you yes. know like a, a, hor- a local horror host wouldn't make sense so making him mm-hmm. like a chris angel type of magician who's full of shit Great. Works perfect. Yeah, that works. Um, you know, having this much more ticky tacky house suburb suburb that's like separated out from Vegas and everybody works in Vegas, so you know, at nights it's pretty vacant. Uh, easy pickings for for a vampire. I like all that. I, like I that's also all cool. love how claustrophobic of a setting that is where it is. You know, they have, and they show us with those, like, uh, overhead shots at the start of the movie. Like, this little neighborhood is just plopped down in the middle of the fucking desert. And it's, like, Mm -hmm. miles from the next little neighborhood that got Uh plopped down. It's, like, a very insulated community where probably some shit could go off the rails and nobody would know about it. It's a great setting for a movie like this where there's a vampire next door. Yeah. I think, yeah, and, of course, adding in much more, like... uh, uh, I, you know, not that the first movie lacked for charm, but not everyone was charming. Roddy McDowell certainly was very charming. Um, Chris Sarandon was great. Chris Sarandon was great, yeah. But th- this movie, they got charming people to play everything. Uh, or, you know, intentionally got people who can play assholes well to play assholes. Like, they, like Franco's. Yeah, yeah, Dave <laughs> Franco, of course. Poor guy. I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. He's married to Alice Brie. I like her. Um, he might be a good guy, but he certainly has asshole face. <laughs> Dude, it's so weird because we've learned that IRL, James Franco, is the real asshole. Right. But Dave Franco has the asshole face. He has the asshole face. But he What's plays it well. Like, he always takes the, like, great, like, bully roles, you know? And yeah. then, you know, uh, in things like... Um, uh, what was that? The neighbors thing with uh, Seth Rogen, uh, the, where a sorority oh, moved yeah. in, or yeah, uh, fraternity moved in next door. He's really good in that. Like he, he's good at like playing a bully and like twisting it a little bit in, in a fun way. But also having uh, Christopher Mintz Plus, who I, I'm glad the kid just knew at that time that he looked and sounded wienery, and he played yes. these roles where that was to his advantage. Oh, because he knocks it out of the park. He's I mean, great. He is, yeah, he's he's, he's so good. I mean, you know, we all call him McLovin. Everybody knows Absolutely him as McLovin. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, of course, he's gone on and done lots and lots of other things, kick ass, all those other flicks. Yeah. And and he's fantastic, man. He really is great at playing that kind of character. Yeah, and then we also have two uh, realized female characters that you didn't have so fully in the first one. Uh, yeah, Poots dude. and Tony Collette. And Imogen Poots is great. She's like. You know, just super confident and and like way more of a you know fight back type of character, not a damsel in distress. And the no, Tony Collette's dude, the same way. I I love their interactions, and I love that there are realized female characters in this because that was one thing that I remember 
talking about the original and being like, name one personality trait that the girlfriend has. Right. Like she was nothing. She was right. a girl. Like that all was girl, all that yeah. she was, uh-huh. which, you know, 80s movies, of course, right. that's about all that she yeah. was. But yeah, you're right in this image. And it's like, yeah, okay. By the end of the movie, she does end up, you know, uh, under the spell of the vampire, even though she did fight back uh, as much as she could and stuff. But at the same time, she fucking hits McLovin with a mace. She yeah. gives Charlie shit about being a flake. Yeah. And like Tony Collette is like, yeah, don't don't treat her that way. Like right. mom sides with the girlfriend. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I think this is obviously like it, it benefits from having a writer who worked on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, who also is a woman, Marty Noxon. Oh. Yeah. So oh, she, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, she she had been working with vampires, and she just kind of, uh, you know, wanted one of them to be scary again, just like we talked about with Guillermo del Toro and Blade uh, Two. Like she wanted this to be like a scary vampire, and honestly, the action sequence where he rips up a, a, a gas pipe blows up their house throws a dirt bike at the back window and it chases it. them down and crawls like on the bottom of the car and bursts through the bottom like she made the this much scarier than the it's original. way more yeah. visceral yeah like yeah. 80s vampires were way more the romantic suave debonair sexy vampires right and in this, they're going with a way more animalistic, violent, yes. I will tear you in half approach. And I, yeah. I love that, man. Me I, too. You know, you know me. Like, I'm a sucker for vampire stuff anyway. I like seeing vampires either way. Like, I love the suave debonair vampire. Right. I love the bestial, um, unhinged, bloodthirsty vampire. So right. I like seeing them play the Dandridge character as a more visceral yeah, um, me too. kind of approach. Dude, yeah, like you said, whenever he, he busts that gas pipe where it's like, I can walk in your house if it's not a house anymore. Fuck you. That's truly dangerous. Right? Like, there's an element of violence and danger to the character that I really like. Yeah, me too. And And then also on the other side, having David Tennant replacing Roddy McDowell and oh my god man he's doing the silly kind of uh you know scaredy cat stuff that Roddy McDowell's doing but he's also very much like making fun of Chris Angel and characters like oh, that 100 yeah dude which was so prominent at that time man and I'll, I'll tell you this man just a little side tangent I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the show I have loved magic as long as I can remember uh, like I, <laughs> I love that awesome. shit okay I don't know I don't exactly know why. I think when I was a kid, it's probably because I wanted to believe that people had superpowers. Right, obviously. And now, yes. as an adult, I just watch it and I'm like, man, the, the, the sleight of hand, the engineering and physicality right. of this entire illusion is so well thought out and well practiced and, and executed. It's actually fooling me. Like, I appreciate it in a different way now, but I don't know, man. I've always loved that shit. Yeah, uh, I... I- <laughs> I have some problems with magicians, certain types of magicians, David Blaine style, Chris Angel style, just not <laughs> into that whole, like, like eating your own fucking nonsense type of stuff. Like, I can't <laughs> deal with that. But yeah, I, 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 I can definitely get into somebody who's got some good pattern and whatnot. I, I wasn't as big into it, but I know it is a very common nerdy kid thing to have been into magic yeah uh and i love david Tennant, dude david Tennant in here 
being just a fucking asshole, wannabe pseudo goth guy. God, he's so good. He is wearing yeah. it out every time he is on screen. He's fantastic. I think he is yeah. a great addition to this movie. One hundred percent. And and the yeah, the moments where he he just proves to be a coward, you know, like it's real good. Like it, it really sets up his need for redemption and then like all the stuff in the end is much more resonant. So like, I think this script is good. I, I have some issues with some of the exposition moments because they just seem yeah. clunky. Like uh, there's the moment where like, uh, oh gosh, it, he's about to, he like pulls out uh, something to like, uh, he's going to like attack Christopher Mintz Ploss with. I'm talking about David Tennant. And uh, Christopher Metzblas is like, ah, what are you going to do with that? And he's like, it's a crucifixion nail. And he's like, oh, well played. It's like, just so dumb. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but mostly, though, I love the story development. I love the character development. I think, I think that they're doing a lot more here with all of the characters rather than just having, you know, heavy focus on the main three in the first one. Oh yeah, definitely so. I love too that they they make David Tennant kind of the lore keeper for us as well. He's yeah, the guy that actually has experience in yeah. the field, even though he acts like he doesn't believe in it at first. Yeah, he has in fact, yeah, he has some trauma in his past related to vampires. And in fact, it seems from what Jerry says that Jerry was one of the vampires. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he says like, "Oh, you have your mother's eyes." He gives him right. the Harry Potter line, and then it's yeah. like, "And your father's aim." After he shoots and right. misses him, yeah. So it seems like yeah, Jerry or Jerry and a bunch of other vampires also killed his family, right? Yeah. So I think that you know is 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 a really well done element to you know because he is inept. Like we know he's inept. We still got the fun Roddy McDowell. I don't really know what I'm doing thing. But he does have knowledge and experience. He's just never applied it. Uh, he's all that, drunk on Midori all the time. Yeah, Come exactly. On. He's drinking Midori and uh, being an asshole to his hot girlfriend. All right. Oh, oh my God, dude. Talk about some interaction that I loved in this movie. So it's not it's not Sophia Vergera. It's her... Okay. What, what is her name? I can't remember. Oh, the, the girlfriend? Yeah, the assistant girlfriend, uh-huh. yeah, to David Tennant's character. Uh, it, yeah, Sandra Vergara. Okay. Do you know the connection between her and Sophia? I don't. I could so it's get interesting. Fuzzbeat on it. Well, I, I got it. I'm right oh, here. I'm you the lookkeeper, baby. Fuzzbeat, you're fired. We don't need So we were, we were watching this, and I think in the intro credits I saw, I don't know if it's Vergara, Vergara, you know who, you know who I'm talking about. Uh-huh, Vergara. Um, uh-huh. Okay. And it had her name in there. And then she came on screen and I was like, damn, she kind of sounds like Sophia. It turns out that that is her sister cousin. Okay. Sister cousin. So, what? Yeah, I know. Which sounds so very Southern, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so that is her biological cousin. Okay. That I can't remember if it was just through hard times or maybe her parents passed away was adopted by Sophia's mom. So they're cousins oh, that grew wow. up as sisters. So they're very closely connected. Wow, that's cool. I love the connection between those two. She just wants to fucking watch her stories, and she is so tired of his shit. I love it. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Um, I think also, like, having stuff from the video, you know, the little video of them, the, um, you know, the teenage boys doing their teenage boy thing, uh, having elements of that come back later in the fight between Charlie and Ed is really cool. 
Like, oh, like they're like LARPing kind of stuff. Right. They were doing? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah, that was fun. That's that's a good touch too, and I like the relationship between Ed and Charlie in this as well. Where it seems like they used to be really tight in the past, and that Charlie yeah. was more of a nerd, but then he got this hot girlfriend and started hanging out with the cool people, and kind of tried to act like he didn't have those nerdy friends, and he didn't want to be seen with his nerdy friends in public. Like it kind of. It makes it to where Charlie's not just the wholesome, I never do anything bad main character guy. It's like, yeah, he's sweet and cool and likable. He's also kind of ditched some of his friends in the past because he turned into the cool guy at school. Like, it gives his character a little bit of depth and flaws, which I like seeing in a movie. I I think, though, the, the inevitability that he was going to have to ditch this friend at some point is there. This guy sucks. (laughs) <laughs> I know, he, right. like evil That's ed the in the first one is annoying this guy is He's an so incel asshole he kind of seems that way yeah and the only excuse is if he is gay which the turning scene is far less gay than in the original fright night but there's still some seduction going on there but the only explanation i feel like is he he's gay uh and he has a crush on charlie and his anger is at charlie for having someone else in his life that he sure does uh come down hard on old poots doesn't yeah he? exactly yeah yeah he calls her a bimbo he calls her a slut like he's he's terrible he's he's a real asshole to her um and she doesn't seem to have done anything wrong now what's interesting though is i saw i saw the deleted scenes and in some of the deleted scenes it made more indication that charlie choosing to do this was like uh, you know, exclusively for a girl, and that these these other friends aren't nice to him either. So, like, uh, I I like that they cut that. I like that they left mm. it more to. This is a situation of two friends who were eventually going to drift apart anyway, because they clearly are very different and have very different desires for their own relationship with each other. But I think you're right that making it so that it's it's charlie charlie is leaving these people behind whether you know i would or wouldn't like i i certainly feel like he did it wrong you know like he, mm. <laughs> you t- certainly can say to ed like listen i notice that you're really mean to women and you 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 really yeah. say mean things to them and i don't like that and i don't want that in a friend so if you can't stop doing that we have to stop being friends Th- that is the proper way to do that so yeah charlie charlie's in the wrong it sucks <laughs> and they really get ed like turned so quick in the movie he's like i know right like 15 minutes in it's like ed's now a vampire that is one thing about the movie that i think could have been maybe paced differently is you know, we we have him as the one who's like your neighbor's a vampire, which is right. a, a change from the original, where Charlie's right. the one that comes to conclusion. Um, Ed in this is the one that is sure that the neighbor is a vampire. He gets turned really early, and then he's gone for like forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah, until he yeah. shows back up. Yeah, that pacing's bad. There should be some stuff in between. Uh, well, especially least. too considering that. You know, one part of Dandridge's character in the original is he had that familiar that lived with him. That right. guy who's like a carpenter mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. It seems like, considering uh, Colin Farrell's Dandridge in this doesn't have a familiar, 
that's that, where he could have got him. Is like yeah, we're gonna get absolutely. back at your fucking friend. Like we yeah. have a common enemy. You're gonna be like me now. We're gonna take care of him and his fucking family and his little girlfriend too. Yeah, like they could have been, you know, little incel rage hate buddies together. Sure. And instead, he's just gone for a lot of the movie. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that like there were definite opportunities to throw him in and they just didn't, but yeah, you're right. The pacing's off there, but I do, I do think that relationship is deeper. It comes across as deeper and more interesting and definitely Charlie being less of the, you know, a a perfect friend or whatever is is more interesting. One thing that I like that they did too with, uh, with evil Ed in this is, Actually, now that I think about it, does anyone call him Evil Ed? Because I remember that was something that confused us about the original. We were like, why is he evil? Nothing he oh. does is evil. I don't think they call him Evil Ed in this. I think he's just Ed. I don't remember huh. anyone calling him Evil Ed. but I don't think so. so it's certainly possible it just skipped yeah, my mind entirely. Yeah. But one thing that I like that they did with him is the exact opposite of what we got in Halloween Kills. <laughs> when mm-hmm. the cop is like, it's Halloween, Michael, everyone is entitled to one good scare, where they just bring back a line from the original, so you go, oh, right. like in the original. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, Evil Ed's signature line that he says a million times so in the original cool, is, you're so cool, Brewster, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. so fucking annoying. It is. I really like how they handled that in this, where Ed says to Charlie, he says, you're so cool, Brewster. Yeah. Like, it's like a resentful, like, oh, like sarcastic, oh, you're yeah. so cool. That came across really well to me, where it's like, we are spinning this character differently. Here's him saying that line that you know, but in a completely different context. I appreciated that. I appreciated that they never made McLovin go, you're so cool, Brewster, to be yeah. just like the original that would have been satisfy annoying. fans. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are things, though, in this that seem clearly to me to have been decisions made outside of the creative control of anyone who had vision for this movie. And mm. I would say that's the CGI. Uh, the CGI that. Yeah. clearly looks at times like so bad. And when he looks the most like a shark, apparently Spielberg liked that and insisted on it. It's because he hates sharks, dude. What do we know about Spielberg? <laughs> he hates sharks. He's a shark war profiteer. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Spielberg is what? Like, he owns the production company that's making this. He helped with, like, storyboarding and stuff. And then was providing more insight into what he would do. I think some of his decisions were wrong. (laughs) They're not good, man. Here's the thing. Like, I, I like the idea of an animalistic... Oh, vampire. absolutely. That's yeah. that's uh-huh. cool to me, especially yeah. if it's also tied to classic vampire lore, where it is yeah. uh, bat-like, like we see in Bronx sure. Dracula, or wolf-like, sure. which even in the original, I love that Evil Ed is that kind of like half-wolf thing yeah, I agree. at the end of the movie. Uh-huh. That's dope. That's awesome. I love that. Uh-huh. But this like aquatic fucking shark vampire in the middle of the desert makes zero sense to me at all and especially too like here's the thing that bugs me about it is not only is that a weird animal to go with for your vampire hybrid but it's also pretty functionless to give him this huge mouth and you know huge pointy teeth right and he never even like pennywises somebody and bites their fucking arm off like it's right functionless bites their neck so just the normal way 
Right, which would mean, it seems to me, Big Shark Mouth would be real hard to accurately bite where you want to bite. Right, it seems like you'd like try to turn somebody and actually bite their fucking head off is what you do. (laughs) I don't get it, man. Like That that was such a weird choice to me. And the thing that's frustrating about it is there are cool vampire effects in this. Whenever Ed shows back up and he's like turning to a vampire and his arm is off, he looks great. You could have just stopped right there. That's full vampire transformation. They're pale. They got like the visible veins under their skin, almost like their skin is kind of so pale that it's transparent. Um, I even love when we see Colin Farrell and he's kind of charging up the main vein. You see that like green vein come up his neck. Uh Like he's like, you know, hulking out into a vampire. I love that. They didn't need to take it any fucking further. No. Well, you got Howard Berger and Greg Nicotero working on this. Wait, they did? Yeah, I'm wondering why we aren't seeing practical effects. Like, just why? Like, in some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff I saw, Colin Farrell was clearly wearing some makeup when they had the road scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when we see him first, like, fully transform into the right. shark slash John Travolta vampire. Yeah, it's like yeah, Travolta. that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, what we see in the end result is the shark John Travolta vampire. That, why? Like, just some makeup. Just do some makeup. Just, like, the it's original fine. movie is known for practical effects. Yes. <laughs> what are we doing? And, and, and it's what makes that movie. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, the, the, the characters and stuff in the original are not great, but no. is it worth watching for the special effects? Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. it uh, is, because yeah. they're really, really good. I, I don't understand how the studio saw the original, and they're like, oh, yeah, people love this movie. Gosh, I wonder why. Probably not the effects, so let's not even try to ape that. Well, let's think about <laughs> another movie uh, that came out around this time, The Thing. That there you go. was shot with entirely practical effects, and then the studio decided to change it to shit CGI. Mm. Like, what, sounds what like that. Studios were fully investing into, and I'm going to call it what it is a union busting technique of going full CGI because the CGI, they, they weren't unionized. So mm. they were just sh- trying to. I guess swing their dicks and be like, no, we don't need your stupid practical effects. We'll replace it with shit CGI and we don't care. The audience won't even care. And the audience oh, they did care. care. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. audience did care. They notice big time. And it's incredible to me that they are still not figuring this out. Well, no. Like how shitty CG is in the Marvel stuff now. Well, <laughs> like, hopefully, hopefully the, you know, they're, they're working on it. The CGI guys are all or the 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 cgi people are all uh you know working toward unionization and if they do that like what you know what is the advantage of cgi over practical effects every time sometimes it's always you know sometimes you're gonna be like this is advantageous but a lot of times now it'd be like okay well why not practical you know one thing about the vampire look in this that i thought was a little bit strange is the way that old colin farrell He's all the time rocking and big old pointy, dirty ass fingernails all Ugh. the time. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Also, you know what it made me think of? What's that? So we've talked on the show many times about when you get transformed into a vamp, 
you stay that way. Whatever your haircut is, whatever your body is, that's just how you stay. You're frozen in time, right? Yeah. What if you got plum turned? Okay. When you got one of them dang old nasty old hangnails, you got a Ooh. fucking chipped toenail, Fuck. and every time you crawl into your coffin and you feel it fucking catching on the satin of the oh, lining of that dang coffin, man. you're stuck that way, dude. Gosh. So, yeah, like, if you're going to be traipsing around at night, you know, maybe in a vampire-heavy uh, part of the year, the fall, obviously, that's when the vampires are out, Uh just be careful if you've got a hangnail or something. Just be ready. Man. Maybe wear a neck guard. You know what I just thought about? What's that? Think about all those poor, unfortunate bastards out there. What got turned into a Dracula during the middle of COVID lockdown times. I'm talking people oh. who have put on 20 pounds of beer weight. They're growing a homemade shitty beard like I was. They've been <laughs> fucking cutting their own bangs at home and shit. <laughs> and you get turned into a vampire right oh, then no. and there. God, that is unfortunate. Oh, no. But you wouldn't have to worry about wearing a mask ever again. That's so, true. I don't know. Maybe the vampire's got it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> COVID vamps, man. That's our, that's COVID the next vampire vamps. movie we need. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Their hunger for a homemade sourdough bread is never extinguished. <laughs> COVID vamps. They're re-watching Tiger King for the 20th time. <laughs> They're kind of toned because they've been doing Pilates videos on YouTube, but offsetting it with tons of alcohol consumption. <laughs> COVID vamps. <laughs> COVID vamps. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Fangs and bangs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really think bangs don't go well with vamping, right? It's gonna. I feel like you're just going to get blood all over your bangs. It could, yeah. Yeah, could now be, you look yeah. like a fool. Mm, Looking like a fool with the blood on your bangs. Well, I'm about to drink me a cold beer. Get your Kobe or Kobe, what you got? I got me another Brass Neck Brewing. This one is a Muscat Changeling. Jonas brought uh, this because the Changeling, you get it? Uh -huh. it? It's a tart wild ale with orange Muscat grape must. Say what? That's right. Yeah, so I'm interested to find out what this is all about. Because that first one was real good, that uh, Xenomorph. I'll tell you what, it was a nice, light, refreshing beer. I think it was only about five-something percent. This one's only mm -hmm. about six. Ooh, and it looks nice coming out. Mmm, brass neck. The brass funky neck. neck. <laughs> it's not as catchy. Not, not quite, yeah. Not yeah, this looks catchy. This looks like a like almost champagne-y, but a little bit more hazy. Mm. I'd get me a drink on it. Get you a pull on that thing, because that sounds like a very tempting combination Ooh. of things. What's going on inside of that liquid beverage? How's that yeah. treat you? Yeah, that's good. That's, that's real refreshing. Wine got that kind of wine taste to it a little bit, but mostly just like light and refreshing. Good stuff. Who, buddy? Man, a lot. Can you Thank imagine you, becoming such tech. a fucking toilet wine connoisseur that you taste it and you're <laughs> like, I think this is made in a Kohler. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Hints of Moen. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that sounds yeah. really good that sounds like a refreshing it is. it's real beer. yeah this this would definitely go well on a nice like 
uh, nice, I'd say like late summer day. Mm. It's refreshing, but it's also a little bit warming. You know, maybe Lovely. It's get a little chill on you. Drink on this. Nice, man. Mm-hmm. You know, one effect in here that surprised me is when that dang old vampire, uh, what gets taken outside, she plum explode. What yeah. a great explosion. Wow. But again, kind of adding to the to the flaws of the Charlie character. Like, he's legit just trying to save this woman and just yeah. murders the fuck out of her <laughs> yeah, by accident. She, she gets totally exploded. Uh, yeah, if that had been practical, all of that would have been so much better because the... The horror of it is great. Just like, oh, shit. Like, the second she hits the sun, she's just gone. Yeah, because uh, Charlie doesn't know what he's dealing with. He's not a fucking vampire hunter, you know? No, and he doesn't really fully believe in vampires. He just thinks maybe this guy is holding her down in the basement. Then he sees, oh, her yeah, bite, too. sees him bite the neck. But, you know, still, you got to be like, what the hell? Like, vampires aren't real, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's. I think again, that's that's just good writing. That the character wouldn't just immediately be convinced that this is a vampire. He couldn't save her from being a vampire. He couldn't save her from the the era of the words on the ass track pants. Couldn't save her from the juicy butt era. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, it, it is a, it is an absolute truth in his argument. That if you have something written on your ass, it, people are going to read it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's like, read that the was, words. It's right that there. That was yeah. the point of those sweatpants, right? So, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. They're, just, they're meant to be read. And he, he did nothing wrong in reading them. I juicy will defend was him. was the worst one. I always just, I thought that having the word juicy on your butt was really gross. Really? Know? Okay. Yeah. It's just, it, it's gross. It puts me in the in the frame of mind when, and, and actually it was around the same time period, that people was trying to eat those potato chips that had like, a, oh, what was it called? Oleo resin or whatever? Olestra in them. Uh-huh. Which it says on the bag, may cause anal liquid, leakage, a.k.a. a uh-huh. juicy butt. So, Oh, that's what you think of when you I thought of it like a butt. caution. Yeah, wow. it's like stay back ten feet. Butt is juicy. <laughs> you know, could it's spray like, at any moment. Yeah, it's like the warnings you see on mud flaps. You know, <laughs> <laughs> which mud flaps? I mean, right? Mm, Maybe they got you still on brand. Mud flaps back there saying back off. Yeah, mm-hmm. this butt is juicy. Look this out! Been eating juicy. them. Been eating them healthy chips. <laughs> Not healthy either, by the way. No, not at all. No. It's, not, it's not healthy to consume something that's going to make you shit. No. No. Really. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't just be eating laxatives all the time. No, maybe not. You know? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Couldn't save her. <laughs> so anyway, Fright Night 2011. Featuring Lisa Loeb. Featuring Lisa Loeb and regular size Rudy. And I'll what? tell you what... <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Regular size Rudy. Yeah, yeah. The 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 dad is the voice of regular size Rudy. No fucking shit. Yeah, Are you absolutely. serious? Yeah, Brian Husky. Mm-hmm. That's Bob Berger, regular size Rudy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, quick PS. Did you see the regular size Rudy episode in the new season yes. of Bob's Burgers? Oh my god. It is goddamn heartwarming. Oh my god. Ten out of ten. Yeah, also heart wrenching. 
it like, is it's it's a real it was a it's a good one yeah that, uh, so good yeah, i definitely will have trouble re-watching it i feel like though uh, it was great it was so yeah, good great. I, yeah. hate, I hate we didn't get a halloween episode of boz yeah. burgers this year but yeah, what, apparently well what kate read is like due to the writer's strike they kind of oh. just had to use up leftover like oh, rando okay. boz burger scripts they had and none well, of them were okay. halloween episodes well, yeah. yeah. Well, I'd, r- I'd rather get uh, a, a written by the writer's Halloween script than... Yeah. Yes. No, so I agree. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Anyway, so no, I had no idea that he was married to dang Lisa Loeb in this. Yeah, yeah. Regular size Rudy and Lisa Loeb would, of course, I think, have a, a wiener child who believes in vampires. <laughs> that makes sense. That honestly yeah, does check it out. Does. It really I figured does. she'd be more of a feature in the movie when she answers the right. door and she's all Lisa Loeby everywhere. Yeah, and at no point did she say stay. Never. Not That's even weird. once. What? That's what I said. I wanted her to stay in the movie. I was like, don't leave. Yeah. Stay. Lisa exactly. Loeb. She's great. Yeah. I, I wish that they had given her a little bit more time. But of course, I, I feel like they clearly had more material and more in the script. And they went for something that is just more streamlined. Because it is still a long movie. It's not, you know. Yeah. It's a, you know, I think the, the feature itself is about an hour and 38 minutes with the credits then after that. So yeah, hour 38, it, it zooms along. You feel, you know, like a lot of action is happening in the right periods, the right moments. And then you get good moments that are like fun and interesting and then provide exposition and stuff. Uh, yeah, it, it really seems to, to just have a good pace to it. Yeah, I think so. And I bet we would have enjoyed it even more if we were watching it in 3D as the movie gods intended. Oh, God. I fucking hate this era of shit being thrown at the camera for no reason. God damn, dude. Like, we do this. You know what it is? It's like the cycle of the fucking locust where it's like every 27 years we have to revive 3D and try to shove this down people's fucking throats. Yeah. It didn't take last time, but it will this time. No, it won't. And, and the thing is, like, I I understand that, you know, some people will be like, well, you, you got to see Avatar in 3D. I believe that James Cameron put his whole camera into to the 3D in that. I know that they just threw the 3D in afterwards for this. They didn't shoot it in 3D. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is in that whole generation of movie where it's like, to turn it into 3D, there's like a pull down in the movie editor software. Want yeah. 3D? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is 3D now? Yeah, it's stupid. So yeah. unnecessary. And especially, too, it's always there to highlight the worst things about the movie. Like when Colin Farrell is dying at the end of the movie and it shows his face, his fucking sharp uh, Travolta face, dead center in the middle of the screen, just ugh. to highlight how shit it is. At the end of a pretty cool sequence, too. And then right. the, the punctuation at the end of that action sentence is. Horrible horseshit 3D CG. Yeah. Totally unnecessary. Adds Absolutely. nothing to it. But I do love that last scene with the, the den of vampires yeah, that are like bursting in the dirt. And, yeah, oh. it's so good. Yeah, that's all fun. And like having the standoff with them sitting in the sunbeam. Like, that's yeah, so that's good. Cool. I like all that's that. That's good. Yeah. I do too, man. It really just, just practical effects would have made this instantly a classic i feel like people would have been like wow that was a great horror movie i really enjoyed it i think remakes aren't that bad but instead (laughs) because they went with horrible cg uh and 3d it is 
automatically so dated. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, with things like the Juicy Butt era, like we're talking about, there's right. things in this that date it. The fact sure. that every time they're outside, it looks like a tornado is about to strike because it's like <laughs> blue-green outside. Yeah, it if is. If the sky ever looks like that, run the run, fuck to the hills. Run, that's bad. I think it's a radiation <laughs> storm coming. <laughs> yeah, for real, man. Like, there are things in this movie that date it completely unnecessarily when with just a little more effort, this really could have gone down, in my opinion, as one of the best horror remakes. Yeah, and I still think it's up there. Uh, you know, it, th- there's always just the caveat that the CGI sucks and there's stupid shit flying at the camera every once in a while. Yeah. Like a DJ throwing t-shirts at the camera at one point. Oh my what? God, dude. Do we need for? that? Really? <laughs> like one effect that I did like is when Ed gets nearly headless nicked. Like that, that was good. That turned they out did okay. That, they did that in Blade Two better, and oh, Blade yeah. Two was nine years before this. Oh shit, man! <laughs> like, Damn, we just dealt with something very similar, and they they did it better earlier. It's still cool. I think you're right. It's it's one of the better moments, and it looks good. Yeah, in comparison to all the other shit. Oof. No it, kidding, it looks man. good. Uh, it's just crazy. We just did Blade 2, and they did the same thing, and it looks better than that. Totally. The motorcycle toss got me. Oh, I love so when they're, good. They're escaping in the car, and like, there's a split second where you can kind of hear the the bike motor running as yes. it's being thrown towards it. It's just like yeah. way in the distance you hear that and then uh-huh. psh, so and good. bust through the back glass. Like That's dope. And again, how fucking visceral is it right long toss a fucking dirt bike at a car yeah that's scary that's like oh this person is very strong (laughs) yeah yeah i like that man and then that's right before chris sarandon shows up he does we get a little chris sarandon cameo in here and he gets murdered by a vampire and his blood shoots at the camera uh, oh yeah at the camera of course yeah it is it is cool though that they they had him in and i i like, I thought, like, hmm, I wonder why they didn't have him a little bit more in it. Maybe just have him as, like, a boyfriend of the the mom or something. Mm, but mm. I get it. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a great actor and would have been great in any sort of role. But to just have him as a little cameo is also good. You know, one thing that the original did that added a lot of tension, even with characters that we didn't necessarily care that much about that I think could have been really effective in this with Anton and Imogen, who are way more charismatic and way more likable than their characters in the original. Yeah. In the original, there is that part where Dandridge locks the girlfriend who is turning into a vamp and Charlie in a room together. Uh-huh. And he basically tells Charlie to make the option, like, Either you let her turn you or you kill her because she's going to be a vampire. It's it's some kind of weird choice right. he makes him make that is like hard and brutal and like weirdly dark. Like Frank yeah. kind of gets dark towards the end. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I remember really liking that moment in the original. And this didn't really have anything like that going for it. But I liked that. I liked that that setting of tension where it's like. You might have to kill your girlfriend if you don't want her to become a vampire or if you don't want to join me. That's yeah. sadistic and fucked up. It is. It really is. Yeah, I, I think that um, they really did add a lot more menace to the Jerry Dandridge character. And I mean, you do that just by 
uh, hiring Colin Farrell. Like he's a handsome guy. He's funny. He in everything he's in, he's enjoyable. But the guy can certainly turn on the menace, <laughs> and oh, yeah. he does. He's great. Like yeah. I think that he's a really underappreciated actor partially because oh, he's yeah. just a uh-huh. hunk like he kind of has brad pitt syndrome where he's yeah. just so hunky that people yeah. don't really take into consideration how good he is and if you've never seen anything where he's been really good go watch the banshees of inishirin it's in bruges phenomenal yeah. and in bruges dude yeah. watch those two movies yeah. those are the two movies you know in bruges was like way 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 before yeah but that's the movie that turned me into a fan of his where i was yeah, like oh this guy's fucking funny. good yeah uh-huh yeah, he is really good, and and he's really good in this, and he's he's having fun and and like not having to be as I guess like flirtatious and sensual as Chris Sarandon had to be, like where they were not really trying to make him scary; they were trying to make him this more like uh alluring vampire and Colin Farrell's just alluring in that he is an attractive person. He does nothing particularly like charismatic throughout the entire movie. No, not really. <laughs> and the moment that like, and, uh, 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 fucking Charlie has clearly like caught him out is, you know, he, he comes that night. And blows up his house and chases him down the road. Like he he does not give any sort of like leeway as the uh you know, Jerry Dandridge in the original Fright Night was much more like just charming and smoothing things over for a while. This guy mm-hmm. just like, Nope, <laughs> you know I'm a vampire, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, fuck you then, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. It escalates very quickly too. That is one yeah. thing that I, I don't know if I like it or not about this movie. But it pretty much immediately goes to, oh, my neighbor's a vampire. He just blew up my house. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Escalates fast. Yeah. There's not that like middle ground where he could like go to the police and tell them like, he's definitely a vampire or whatever. Like, it's just like he finds out he's definitely a vampire, tries to save that girl. She blows up in the sun <laughs> yeah. and just a couple hours later, he's over at the house. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it escalates quick and gets yeah. real, like, the stakes get real high quick. Oh, I'm trying to remember, too. Correct me if I'm wrong here. In that scene right before he takes the girl that he's saving outside and she blows up, doesn't it kind of play as they're trying to escape the house? Like, they're kind of being stealthy to try to avoid Colin Farrell. But then, like, Colin Farrell knows he's taking yeah. that girl outside and yeah, she's yeah. going to die. Mm-hmm. She's yep, going to blow he knows. up. Like, he lets he knows. it happen. Yeah, yeah. It's psychological with him. Like, he's just really, like, he he figures out Charlie pretty quickly. Charlie is not being stealthy at all. I, like, I, I really was the first time I watched this, like, he's a vampire, right? Like, he can't smell this kid or whatever. And then I thought about it and it's like, oh, wait, yeah, he can. He doesn't yeah. care. He wants Charlie to be tortured by this. He yeah. he's fine with him getting away and this this uh you know Tina just blowing up in the lawn like that's fine with him cuz he doesn't care. Yeah, he'll find another victim and he'll fuck this kid up right. by having him watch somebody explode. Like that's super sadistic. Her name's not Tina. I don't know why I said Tina. <laughs> what is her name? What is the neighbor's name? No idea. Donna? It's something Maybe. like that. Something like I that. Remember, yeah. 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 
anyway, it's cool, yeah, man. It performances. Is cool. I don't have any performances to complain about in here. No, um, everybody's good in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like everybody's good. Um, yeah. Anton Yelton's so good, man. God he damn. Yeah. I hate we lost him, dude. Absolutely. R.I.P. Dude's great. And every movie we've covered uh, with him, uh, you know, uh, even Green Room. Uh, Aunt Thomas, which I'm not like a huge fan of, he's he's amazing in it. Yeah, he's still good in it yeah. for sure. Yeah, the guy never really phones in a performance. He's got a he's got a fun everyman innocence about him, a good charm about yeah. him. Yeah. Just seems like a sweet guy. He's really easy to put in a movie. He he has a lot of the same vibes that Tom Holland has to me, where he's like, oh, he's like yeah. a Peter Parker type, you know? Yeah, lovable type. Uh same like Jack Quaid. He and Jack Quaid to me are in a similar ballpark they would definitely mm. be going out for similar roles uh, yeah. very charming just yeah he he definitely doesn't come across as he comes across as this very genuine character no matter what he's doing so yeah it sucks uh you know r.i.p the guy was was great uh he and image and poots of course did two movies together this is you know the the second one after green room or the first one i don't remember how that works <laughs> Hmm. how's time work um <laughs> it's timey-wimey yeah they yeah so they they did two movies together and they're just so good together you know it would have been nice to get to see them do more stuff in the future but yeah it's a real shame awesome this guy. got a sequel right it did get a sequel in 2013 with absolutely no one returning oh good direct to video <laughs> yeah Ooh, promising <laughs> yeah so <laughs> I hmm. I don't I I have not seen it, but I don't think it's gonna follow up too well on the story of the first. <laughs> I don't know what makes you say that, but okay. I don't know. I don't know. Nobody coming yeah. back might have something to do with it. Well, if it was the same team of people and some of the returning cast, and they let yeah Greg Nicotero and them do practical see, effects yeah. work, I would totally be in line to watch it because yeah. There's so much in this movie that just works for me. I really, yeah. really enjoy it. It might be an unpopular opinion to say that I like this better than the original. Yeah, that, that's that's uh, definitely going to be an unpopular opinion, but I don't think it's I don't think that it's a wrong opinion at all. I mm. find this very enjoyable. I you know I'm torn between the two because I like the first one enough. The practical effects are so good. This so one good. and it's so like, 80s, man. Yeah, and it's so 80s. This one, I like the movie. I like the cast. I like the characters. I like the story. I like the action. CGI is so bad, but so bad. I'm having a I'm having a good time every time I watch it. So yeah, I I don't know. I I, I don't know where I stand on that. I might agree with you. Yep, yep, yep. You got any other thoughts about it? You want to number this thing? No, up? let's go ahead and rate this thing. And I, I, I don't know what I gave the first one. No idea. I want to say we were in the four-ish range. Okay. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. I know people love those movies. I no, love that but... that first movie, and and we just we just don't get into it as much. But this one, I think, is better. It is. It is still hampered a lot by the cgi and just how dated that is and also just one okay one more thing just a big complaint i had Hmm. you have this movie scored by ramen jawade who is is killing it it is epic it gets hard time to time and you end on a, a stomp clap hay version of 99 problems Okay, okay, yep. All right, call it. That is terrible. That was a weird move. I actually forgot about that, but by the time it got to the end of the movie and it it ends with that, I'm like, 
99 problems with stomps in it? What the right. fuck is this? Yeah, I just don't get it. The caucasity to do that to yes. that song. The yeah. sheer caucasity. What, what was that period where every like white genre of music was like, what a lark it would be if we covered a rap song. <laughs> Ugh, shut up. <laughs> and also, that just, was a weird choice. Yeah, The entire movie, you have two empowered women and you end on this song. That, a bitch ain't one. Like, what? W- in what point was uh, any woman in this a problem? Uh, <laughs> I don't get it. Anyway. <laughs> but a good point, man. Um, But yeah, I, I really do. I do enjoy this, and I have a lot more fun with it. So I, I'm thinking like six and a half. Yeah, that's actually there. exactly where I was yeah. going to put it as well, man. I... I won't hesitate to watch this one again um, and enjoy the story and the the charismatic characters and maybe just be conveniently, you know, checking my phone when I know there's effects heavy moments. That right. Happen. Yeah. Just don't look at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere out there, man, there is a version of this story being told with this cast and those special effects. Somewhere. Wow. That'd like, be amazing. Just oh, amazing. That would be perfect. Yeah. That would be yeah. like one of the best vampire movies ever. Oh, if absolutely. We got all those things be lining up. up but mm-hmm. yeah, maybe the uh, the third bite at the apple for Fright Night. They can figure that out, right? Yeah, I and I, I, you know, I definitely think uh, eventually somebody will get to the task of trying to remake something in the Fright Night universe because it it really feels like every time after the first, they've kind of just a little bit of fumblings going on. Like I like Fright Night 2. The and we'll have to cover that sometime in in the future. The original Fright Night 2. But it's weird it. and it goes mm. kind of off course and whatnot. And then you got this, you got a good setup, but then the CGI just kind of eh. So it didn't make it the money even though it still has the word of mouth. People are still talking good about it, but then you got this terrible direct-to-video sequel. Like there there's a world where there's just this excellent fright night movie (laughs) totally yeah i want to go to there me too yeah well i look forward to uh probably having some similar thoughts about next week's movie which Uh is another choice just from you guys we put up a poll uh, a smoking poll on our facebook group to determine two of the movies for no vampire the month of november where we cover only vampire movies Mm -hmm. and this was the number one pick And the number two pick by you guys, I'm serious, dude. Like, Steve and I have talked about this. We can never fucking figure out what you all are voting on. Nope, never. I never would have guessed that these would have been the two that won. Not not in a million years would I have picked these two. But I'm glad you you did. It's always interesting to find out what people want to hear about. (laughs) For real. It's so rarely what I think. Like, in my head... People would want to hear us fucking dunk on Twilight and sure. Underworld. Like Underworld, Underworld yeah. has never even come close to winning. Yeah, one nobody of the wants to hear us talk about Underworld. <laughs> it's crazy because in my head, those are big popular movies. I figured sure. somebody would vote on it, but not. Nope, you guys wanted Fright Night 2011, which was great. Uh-huh. And next week's choice. Queen, Queen of, of the, the Damned, damned. <laughs> with Aaliyah. Aaliyah, yeah. I listen. I'm very excited about the Aaliyah bits. We did this very recently on the screaming chat, and I thought she, so. Yeah, she's absolutely the best part of the movie. Uh, <laughs> but I, th- I don't think this is gonna be one where we come back and we're like, you know what, dude? 
this is a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I I haven't seen this in probably 20 years. I remember yeah. basically nothing about it. It's I mean it it is it is very vampire. You might like it more. Okay. All right. You might. It is very like, you know, like uh languishing vampires just like, "Oh my life, it's so hard to be immortal." And I'm there's rock, like rock stars star. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That might be right up my alley, man. This might be like, you know what? I this is so. my dream. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll find next out week. next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be sure to let us know your all thoughts about Friday Night 2011 on all of our social media. That's right. Outlets, our Instagram, our Facebook uh-huh. group, all the other places you can find us using our Linktree page that can direct you to those places to go to, including going to our Patreon page, which is the place to go to if you want to put money in our pockets. Yes, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there, become a patron on any level. You get access to our Patreon exclusive episodes, including the Hallow Wankers that came out a couple weeks ago and the upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Hell Rankers. If you become a member on a $5 level, you get to throw a movie into the smoking bowl. And then we draw from the smoking bowl at the end of the month and we cover that movie and that's coming up. So if you're if you're a patron, head on over to the Patreon and drop it in the uh, the the post for the submissions. And if you want it to be a true no vampire, just a five for five. Listen, four for five is great. If you not. if you if you had a baseball game where you went four for five, you ha- you hold your head high. Five for five though. Hey, let's find out. Go on over let's there. Find out about it. Yeah, drop a vampire movie if you want to. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, put in your favorite. I would love to check it out and yeah. uh, support the show if you like what you hear. And be sure to tune in next week where we're going to be talking Queen of the Danged. I don't cuss. <laughs> that's right. Queen of the Darned. Queen of the Danged. I ain't no cusser. <laughs> One of them cussing fools you heard about. I keep yeah. it clean. Squeaky you keep clean. that shit out of your mouth. All right. Yeah, exactly. You don't fucking cuss. Ain't no cussing around here. Dang it. You fucker. (laughs) Bye. Bye. I got this idea and I'm I'm just pitching it out there because I think Pitch it. Yeah. We got movers and shakers that listen to us. Mm -hmm. People who are making decisions in the entertainment sphere. Oh, yeah. They go straight to the source. Absolutely. Listen. Hey, Shark Tank, this is us. I got an idea, and I think this is going to make us $1 billion. Holy shit. With a B, baby. With a B. Lay it on me. I'm ready. I'm ready to start just fucking rolling in the dollars Scrooge McDuck style. Okay. I want you to open up your mind. I want you to really go to a place where you're ready to receive this idea because it's just okay. so grand it's so big it's really right, I'm ready I'm open ready. up your perception scat porn parody of green room called brown room starring imogen shits oh my god All right. oh my god there it is i'm glad i was sitting down honestly yeah. and actually i'm sitting down on a toilet right now good so good good i can just let it all go <laughs> wow brown room Okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> okay, so you got Imogen Shits. You got it just makes sense. Anton Felchin. 
You go. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Who else? You got. Of course, you got uh, Patrick Puert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I'll follow. I'll follow. Greener. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh. oh i mean you know it's gonna appeal to a limited demographic i yeah. mean green room itself wasn't exactly like a big budget mainstream okay, yeah. smash point. hit that's a good point yeah but i know just given what we know about human nature sure and what we learn about people every time we're on the internet uh-huh Somebody out there watched Green Room, and they were connecting with it, and they're like, you know what would make this better? Shit. Just shits everywhere. Poop. (laughs) Somebody said it, so there is a market for this. Absolutely. And they're going to pay $1 billion. To see Brown Room. (laughs) Brown Room with image and Trademark dead and lovely. Oh, my God. Yuck. (laughs) 